Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is La Vialva, and I'm an extreme extrovert. So, time is coming near. Um, today in Minneapolis, it is snowy. It is about 30 degrees. If you're a person that lives in a state that experiences long periods of winter... <laughs> like Minneapolis, um, 30 degrees is warm. So, like, what I realized from living in Minneapolis and in Minnesota is that sometimes when it snows, it's actually a lot warmer than when it doesn't snow. I don't know why, but it sometimes seems this way. Um, maybe you'll have to someday visit Minneapolis and see for yourself. I'm feeling a little heart warmth, like from, like, walking around and reminiscing of all the places I used to be. I think this is kind of a blessing in disguise, um, because when it comes to living a life of sobriety and figuring out <laughs> what sobriety is for you, um, these past few weeks I've learned a lot about myself. And I think that's why sometimes it's good to move on and change and try new opportunities and new things. Because I travel a lot. I'm a world traveler. Am I crazy experienced? No, <laughs> I'm not. But someday I would like to be. Someday I'd like to, you know, go to further and farther and better and bigger places. But... What I've always realized from traveling, whether it was to just like um, a state really close by or nearby to you, or whether it was like um, going like flying 15 hours to a new country, whether you're going anywhere, you know, there's things that you learn and you see and that are normal for most people, but they're not normal for you. So for me, when I wake up and I walk along the lake of Bademokaska, some things are normal for me. I walk and I enjoy the animals. There's a lot of geese. There's a lot of birds. There's a lot of squirrels. When I walk down, you know, there's a, a few main roads in uptown. If you are a person that lives in uptown Minneapolis, you know. Lindale is a very busy street. Crazy parking, hard to park, hard to drive. It's just very busy all the time. That's Lindale. Hennepin can also be really busy. And uptown has main two big roads that, it's very, that are very, very busy. So that just kind of illustrates you, to you, the culture of uptown. A very busy place. People are working, people are studying, blah, blah, blah. And it's so interesting because after, after actually finalizing in my brain that I'm like not going to sign a lease here in Minneapolis, um, Minneapolis just starts to become more beautiful. 
Um, it always happens like that. And it happens with every travel I have. Every time I'm like going off to travel somewhere, like I had mentioned earlier, whether it's far away to Korea or like to the next state in Wisconsin, it's like I always have this like euphoria. And that's how come I like knew that I liked traveling because I always get this adrenaline rush before I go. And I'm like, oh my god. And I think this is everyone, but me, I like especially love this feeling. Like, this is the best feeling <laughs> that I could feel in the world. Almost as good as my own addictions. Um, but I wouldn't consider traveling addiction because it's not an impulse. I feel like addiction is like almost like you do without thinking. It's a hard thing to explain, but but anyway, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. One thing I realized um, in regards to addiction and sobriety and sometimes triggers are not physical. Sometimes triggers are not even really that emotional either. It's kind of complicated because I realized the other day that when I was talking to a friend, um, they were talking about some really deep stuff. You know how, co so, well, sometimes you like, you know, call your friends randomly and you're like, hey, how's it going? And you know, sometimes you just sit on the phone and don't talk, you just like play your video games and but you're still on the phone and sometimes you'll mention one thing and the other person will be like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. But you won't really be talking though, like you'll just be hanging out on the phone. I know other people experience this too, but you know, sometimes you call your friends and you really have nothing to say, but you just literally just sit on the phone with each other. I don't know why this happens, but it happens. And then sometimes you're like, okay, it's probably going to be one of these times. And you go and talk to your friend on the phone and it ends up being a life-changing experience. Somebody like spills the beans about something and you're like, oh my God. You know, it's always like that. Always. <laughs> um, I talk to a lot of my friends on the phone because frankly, I'm busy physically. And because of COVID, you know, I think that's more of a norm, norm now to use Zoom and do all these things online. Like, I'm loving the job interviews, guys. Like, having job interviews on Zoom and not having to go in, like, is great. It makes me feel a lot less nervous, makes me feel so much more confident, and it's just great. <laughs> I love, like, doing interviews on Zoom. But anyway, this time wasn't like that. Um, this friend talked to me about, you know, a lot of deep stuff in their life. About growing up, their childhood, stuff like that. And I realized something. I was listening to this. I wanted to be a support. But it really was triggering for me. It, it reminded me a lot of my own childhood. And without even thinking, without even really feeling distress. I wasn't feeling angry. I wasn't feeling sad. I wasn't feeling any kind of discomfort, I like found myself walking and I'm like, I'm going to go and 
get a hot toddy. Like, I'm going to go and get some whiskey. And it was like my legs were moving in that direction. When in reality, in my mind, and in my body, and my soul, I really didn't have any connection to why I would do that activity. It was, it was just habit. And I kind of sat there and I was like, oh, wait a second. This is just habit now. Like, my, my soul is getting better. My mind is getting better. My body's getting better. Because it doesn't even want this substance. But my legs are so used to when they're stressed to just walk and just go. And maybe they're just so used to getting up and going and getting what I need. And I was kind of thinking to myself, I was like, huh, how can I make this more of a beneficial experience? So if my body's reacting in this way when I'm stressed... Maybe I'm meant to do other things, <laughs> you know. Instead, if I'm so able to just get up and go and walk long distances wherever to go get like liquor or whatever, maybe <laughs> instead I can use this to my advantage. So maybe getting up in the morning, if I'm feeling stressed, go for a long walk, somewhere scenic, somewhere nice, go for a bike ride. My legs, this is what they need, you know. I'm just kind of changing the behavior. And I was kind of happy to find this out. I was like, you know, maybe I'm, maybe things are changing. Maybe my soul is better. Maybe it realizes that this is not what it wants. And it's interesting because a lot of people will come into your life and, and you know, be a good influence. We have those good influences in our lives. Where they come and they say, hey, you should behave like this. But, like, not in a mean way. They, they're saying it because that's their love style. And that's how they want you to live. But no matter how many of these genuinely positive people that are in your life. The only person that really has to be genuinely positive and, like, confident is you. You know? And I realized that a little bit of myself. Like, when I was getting constructive criticism about like my behavior or like some things that I had done in the past I was not feeling I was like this is making me upset like I just want to stand up and get the crap out of here because my ears are hurting but I realized something about myself like my ears are hurting because that's not resolved in me it's hard to hear and I was like huh that's interesting. <laughs> because, like, certain things you can kind of sit with, you know? Like, me, I didn't, I didn't have, you know, maybe the most loving childhood. But I also had a very, a very rich childhood. I learned a lot of things. I learned, um, not only did I learn a lot of things about, um, trust and people, but... I did also accumulate some good people on the way that I'm still friends with. But, see, that was my childhood. <coughs> Excuse me, it's kind of cold. If I, like, feel, if I'm, like, kind of rambling. Sorry. It's, 
it's a nice day outside, so I decided to walk around, but <laughs> it's also a teeny bit cold. Anyway, but that's another thing that I was kind of reflecting on, too, is, like, past, like, childhood experiences. Like, I feel like a lot of us use that to validate what happens to us in our adulthood. Yes, it does definitely affect your adulthood. Oh, definitely. But it it's not it's not something that you need to reference all the time. And it's not something that can be really used as an excuse. And this is like something that I have had to learn in my life many times over. You know, like just because something happened to you once doesn't validate you and your behaviors to be an addict. But it makes sense why we fall in this category, though, because when we're a victim, you know, it's easier for people to feel sorry for you. And when you're a victim, too, you're giving other people control, which is not responsibility for your emotions and your actions. And that's not some place you want to be either because that's not a strong place if you're always relying on someone and other people for this validation you know you're not creating it for yourself and who wouldn't want to be a strong person you know and I feel sometimes that we get comfortable in this feeling of being the victim you know not always not always and not everyone But it's easier to be like, you know, this thing hurt me, and now I'm like this. But the truth is... The people that abuse you, and the mishaps that you experience in your life, are not not personal experiences. They can't be personal experiences. Because the person that's reflecting the harm onto you, they're experiencing their own life. They're trying to learn their own lessons. They're trying to do their own things. And sometimes you're just on their same path or in their way. (laughs) You know? And that's what I kind of came to realize. I was like, hey, you know, like... Maybe some things happened in my childhood. Maybe, like, you know, my father didn't treat me the best. But it was not my fault. It had nothing to do with me. (laughs) You know, it was their own life experience that they were trying to figure out. And I just happened to be in the way. Or in that same path. And it's kind of nice to think that life is really not that personal. You know? And going back to when, you know, that my friend called me and told me about their, you know, their experience in life. And they, it kind of triggered me. And I kind of got remembered. And I kind of was like, you know, now I'm going to drink. But this was a learning experience for me also because... I realized, I was like, I'm going to go and drink and poison my own body. Yes, it does feel good. Yes, it does feel comforting at first. But not, like, not everything 
that is that seems good is good you know it's kind of like when we have this skewed idea of self-care too like oh i'm having a self-care day where it's just you take a bath and drink wine okay that might be self-care for some people but for some people that is not no (laughs) self-care that's worse and that's the thing that we have to notice about that we have to realize I specifically have to realize about self-care is it has to make you feel good in all aspects your body your soul and your mind and if it lacks one then it's not beneficial and I just realized to myself you know that I was like I'm hurting myself you know I when I'm drinking and I'm reflecting on these ideas of like, oh, you know, I have issues with relationships because, you know, I can't trust people and I have issues trusting people because, you know, these people abandoned me like my father abandoned me when I was young. Okay. Yeah, that's fact. But the feelings... Your feelings kind of distort your reality. You know, I was like drinking and reflecting on these things. And then I was like, wait a second. But I'm in a bar downtown where I have a wonderful job. Wonderful friends that love me. And I'm just sitting here in this corner in my own mind. It's dangerous. Addiction is dangerous. Coping strategies that are unhealthy are dangerous. And sometimes we really get comfort we receive comfort from these toxic (laughs) coping strategies but you know you don't realize that at the time you think that this is how it's supposed to be and because your feelings are hurt so significantly to the point where it's physically like intolerable and you think that you know taking a substance is going to cure it all It does cure it all for a little while until you pass out and then you have to wake up and do the same thing again. Like, that's that's not self-care. That's not self-love when you do that. That's self-sabotage, if anything. It's self-sabotaging to do that. It's almost like when you wake up, like... And you're like, you know, I don't have time for breakfast. I'm just going to eat some chips. We've probably all done this for good reason. Maybe because we're, you know, running really late. Or maybe we had an appointment or something, you know. it's. But little things like this too. Even if you do this. You know, this is not treating your body of how you should be treating it. I heard a uh, quote last night when I was relaxing I heard a quote on the red uh, talk table with uh, Jada and Willow Smith their their grandmother is on there too but I don't remember her name and I believe their brother or the uncle was there on one of the episodes and he said something that was like Treat yourself the way that you would treat someone that you care about. 
And I think for people that have addictions, this is kind of hard to remember because this is this is the distorted understanding of care. You know, sometimes um, we care so much about other people and you know their own well-being that it kind of jeopardizes your own for any reason. You know, maybe. Um, Maybe something bad happens to you. For example, I know of someone that lost their husband. And they had three children. And at night they would drink and they would cope so that they could fall asleep. You know, an insider looking in would probably be like, wow, that, that's not a good strategy. It's not a, coping, a good coping strategy. You know, but someone that kind of can understand the mind of mental illness and addiction. Sometimes we think that we need to be strong. Sometimes we think we have to act a certain way and cope a certain way in our society. And for this mother, it might have been like, hey, I got to get my kids up. They got to go to school. They got to do their things. I got to go to work. And having some whiskey at the end of the night, going to sleep, doesn't seem like self-care for a lot of people. And I, it's not self-care, but sometimes when you're in a space where you feel that you really have no resources or you really don't have the ability to change your situation, sometimes... Drinking releases stress. It eliminates the problem for a few hours. Or for a few minutes. Until you have to wake up again and do the things that you need to do. And knowing this now. Knowing this now, it it just makes a lot more sense. Why human behavior kind of exists how it does. I think that a lot of times we forget that we are human. And even in our society, it's always believed that we have to, you know, walk around with our head held high, with our suits on and our caps, and with confidence, and just conquer the world and walk around and say, yep, this is me, I'm confident. You know, I think that we have a distorted version sometimes of how we should live. Always having the biggest and baddest things, the most fanciest cars. But in reality, we really shouldn't impress others. We should impress ourselves. Like if you have a goal and you're like, you know what, I'm going to try to learn or memorize a little bit of this language. So when I travel here, then maybe, you know, I can use it and learn more about the language. Who cares if anybody else likes this goal that you have? But if you make it and you, like, feel in yourself, you're like, hey, you know, this is something I can do. This is the... These are the things I like to do. And you accomplish them. 
I think sometimes, like, our, our, our ideals of the world are so, like, external. You know, we have to always show the world how big and how bad we can be. But sometimes success is not big and bad. <laughs> sometimes it's really small. And that's okay. I'm going to hope to do a podcast in each of the states that I visit. I'm going to be driving across the United States. And (laughs) I know, really random. Sorry, not to be random, but I wanted to share this with y'all before I went. Um, But yeah, I'm going to be going to three different states. Maybe more, you know. Every time you travel, there's always a plan that doesn't go as planned. You know? You always think that you got something figured out and then something always surprises you. It's not always bad. It's not always good. It's always, you know, it, it is what it is. So, be mindful of that and be excited because I am super excited and I'm, whew, I'm excited in general for the next year. Um... I'm always that cheesy kind of person that likes to do a New Year's resolution. Um, Do I think that it always comes true or do people stick with it? Nah. It's just a fun thing to say. A fun thing to do and be like, hey, you know, this coming year, this is what we're going to do. So, I think that me contemplating about my um, New Year's resolutions and, you know, maybe you're a kind of person that wants to too. If you want to, go for it. Um, I'm kind of thinking maybe this year I'll kind of discover more ways of sobriety. Like what other people um, like to do for sobriety and how they view triggers and coping strategies. I'd like to discover um, things about myself if I have hobbies. And... Maybe this coming year, my New Year's resolution will be that I'll spend time doing more things that I enjoy. Working, but finding more time to enjoy life. I'll let you speculate. I'll I'll let you think about yours. And I hope you have the best, best travels. Safest, safest, safest of travels.